Still can. Artis's quick reply seemed to put him back on track. As far as security goes, he said hurriedly, we have one major concern. Artis noted with amusement his sudden use of we. We must protect the Monolay Ruby. As he spoke, Preston adjusted the display lights. A brilliant fluorescent bulb just above the case clicked on, pouring across the gem, which sent out a luminous reddish glow. You know the history behind the ruby, of course. Only what little Anthony told me. Annie Lemoine, Anthony's great-grandmother, for which the town was named, is our local heroine. The pioneer woman hid her child, Anthony's grandfather, during an Indian raid in 1876. Annie managed to save both her baby and his inheritance. When her body was discovered, the Monolay ruby was found clutched in her hand. George Preston paused, then spoke again. The ruby can be traced back to the affluent Monolay family in France. Their records show it originally came from Bangkok, where rubies of darker shades are found. So, as you can see, the stone has significance historical as well as monetary value. Again, a note of cynicism crept into his voice. And there's not a person in this area who hasn't heard of this ruby. And a number of them would kill to possess it. Preston's warning, spoken in such a cold and certain manner, startled Artis, caused her to look at him closely. Did he have some reason to believe the ruby was in danger of being stolen? Already there's been trouble, he said. Shortly after Anthony's death, the housekeeper, Ella White Owl, thought she heard a prowler in the house, but they found nothing disturbed. If there were any intruder, he managed to get away. Even if a thief did enter this room, Artis said, it would be a difficult task to break into the security case. That would be no problem for a professional jewel thief, Preston assured her. But this probably isn't one. If such an intruder existed, he would be someone who knows about the ruby, and might even think he has a claim to it. Preston's pale eyes, as they focused on the jewel, seemed to lose their haughty detachment. Just look at it. Who wouldn't want it? Artis leaned closer to study the stone. The vivid glow of fluorescent light brought the gem to life. She became acutely aware of minute details, of the interlacing of tiny threads crisscrossing the gem, of the glowing star caused by diffracted light. She had never seen anything so magnetically appealing. Her fingers moved to the glass as if drawn by an overpowering desire to hold the ruby in her hand. Mellowing a little, Preston spoke with an awed softness. I'll get the keys from Nancy, Anthony's niece, so you can get a closer look. He left abruptly. Although Artis could not say she had enjoyed his company, total aloneness was even worse. 
On this third floor, Ardis felt completely isolated from the rest of the house, separated from others by layers of wood and stone. The sun shone brightly beyond the filtered windows, but little light entered the dark corners of the old ballroom with its faded walls and ornate decorated ceiling. During the long interval of waiting, the room, so filled with shadows, real shadows and shadows from the past, made artists increasingly uneasy. Why didn't George Preston return? Artists went to the door to search for another switch, but the only one she found controlled the display light that glared directly down at the ruby. After a while, she began wandering, peering into great walnut cases that tower to the ceiling. One section of the room contained the relics of pioneer settlement, medicine and whiskey bottles, purpled with sun and age.